and welcome to the Breaking Broncos podcast. I am Dan Wetstein, your host, with my co-host, Dylan Miles. We are back again to talk for the third week in a row about a Broncos loss. We'll be going over that game review for the third week in a row. Pat Shermer gets in his own way and destroys a running game that was on track. We got Broncos country excuses for Teddy yet again. Defensive fails, Browns game preview, final predictions, and stay to the end people because we got a big announcement for all of you it's ex- i'm excited i know dylan's up for it so i know you guys will be too so let's go ahead and let's jump into this again always want to give you the sunshine and rainbows first i don't know how much dylan has for you this week but we'll see how much we can squeeze out of him dylan what are your takes on yet another broncos walk <laughs> i mean like i said i only watch half the game <laughs> and from watching that first half it's I don't have sunshine and rainbows this week. It's just one of those where it's just going to be a gloom and doom type of day on the show. It's cloudy outside, so I'm a bit cloudy. Didn't get much sleep last night. It was just awful. Uh, it was uh, horrible play. It's yeah. really kind of hard to really the, come up with anything. But, you know, let's go ahead and just, give it to us. The Pat, It's just the Pat Shermer is the big thing to take away is those first three weeks – against the three worst teams in the NFL, he looked like the god of play calling for the Broncos in I don't know how many years since probably Adam Gase being a coordinator, which kind of sounds awful, but it's true. And he just got in his own way. He got in the way of the team this week. Fangio wasn't best on the sideline this week with his play calling either. And the defense just getting hurt just is just getting in the way of everybody again. I mean, you lose my favorite player on this team right now, Alexander Johnson. To a peck injury just like Josie Jewell it, it it just sucks for the Broncos it sucks for Alexander Johnson and the offense is just not holding to its expectations after it was in the first three weeks yeah it's it's definitely the standard in Broncos country has been broken that that has been broken since Super Bowl 50 there has not been a standard of excellence that was with this team for the entirety of the Pat Bowen era I can give it one maybe after the year after Super Bowl 50 where they looked like they could get back on track and then it just fell apart. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. If even, if you even. The, yeah. You got 2016 where they at least had a winning record. They almost squeaked into the playoffs. And then you lose Trevor Kubiak. Simeon. Yeah. You had Trevor Simeon looking like he could be something, maybe not a franchise quarterback, but at least a good game manager. And, you know, like you said, you lost, you had Kubiak walk away again. Due to health reasons. Yeah, due to health reasons, understandable. You know, not bashing the guy. But, yeah, ever since then, it's just been a snowball effect. One year after another, there's always the hype coming into the year. Like, oh, this is the year that they turn it around. They got this and they got that. But the warts are always overlooked. And, uh, I mean, unlike the previous two years, the Broncos at least got off to a hot start with the 3-0 start against three of the bottom feeders of the entire league. Which should which should happen. Yeah, I mean, That's, exactly. If they were meant to start off 3-0 with this schedule. Yeah, they beat the teams they should have beat, but they also, yesterday, didn't beat a team they should have beat. The Raiders were after turmoil. Yeah, especially after our whole conversation last week about the green stuff and the texting through the week. Yeah. Which, I'm not going to lie, I really enjoyed that week. it really was i mean for broncos country i'm sure it was it was really uh an enjoyable thing up until sunday you Uh, had the pieces to win this game 
Yeah, yeah. Most and especially you're going in, you have you're celebrating Steve Atwater's Hall of Fame induction, Shanahan going into the Ring of Fame, and the man that hated the Raiders probably most than any Broncos fan yes. or player and coach in their life. You had every bit of momentum coming into Sunday to be the better team, to be the better coached team at the least. This is again. This is a team that had their head coach resign in the middle of homophobic, misogynistic, and racist comments that he had made over a decade. Those emails were over a decade, including, and all of them were, were he was at least 45 years old. So nobody gets to say that, that Gruden was young and dumb and all of those things. Man has been in the league Whoa, since man. the 80s. He is a grown man. He had already been in the league for over two decades before he sent the first email. It wasn't like he was some 20-year-old intern that was trying to be cool with the guys with power. He already had power. The one thing that uh, that really made me laugh during that is when he called Goodell, excuse my language, a pussy. Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, and then dropping, you know. But then, and then, yeah, immediately dropping the worst f-bomb yeah the, the yeah bomb that even i can't say yeah and i'm a like, free i say the other f-bomb but my god yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that one's excusable the one that Joe, john gruden used is not excusable which is why he no longer has a job but again the broncos who had the same coaching staff they've had for three years could not out coach a staff that was in turmoil with a special teams coach as the interim head coach. And you could exactly tell he was running Gruden's exact scheme. Well, not quite. Uh, not quite, but yeah. but he they, was he, using most of it yeah, because that's used, what Derek Carr shined in. Yeah, he used the plays, but he changed the balance of power. They mm -hmm. were throwing on si like 64% of the plays while Gruden was calling the plays. Yesterday, it was much closer to a 50-50 split. They had uh, 27 pass attempts and 23 rushes. So it was, and that's what it should be for the Broncos. Yeah, but then you look at the Broncos. Speaking of, who had almost 50 pass attempts? Nobody in the NFL wins when you throw it 50 times. If you uh, see the stat where the quarterback threw it 50 times, nine times out of ten they lost. Unless you're that, unless you're Tom Brady in that one game where he almost had perfect completion percentage. Exactly. Like I said. Nine times out of 10. So it's not guaranteed, but nine times out of 10, when you throw it 50 times, you're losing. But they, yes, they threw it 50 times, but only ran it 23 times with a running game that averaged over five yards per carry. And that, run, oh, excuse me, that running scheme is meant to shine with Javante Williams. Yes. <clears throat> and the Raiders, who stuck with the run, had an almost 50 50 split between passing and rushing. Had had averaged less than four yards per carry. Yes, they had a big lead. They could, you know, they could afford it to stick with it. But they essentially just did what the Broncos did to the first three opponents. They yeah. they had a sorry run game, and they threw it a bunch of times because the other team was so sorry they couldn't stop it. Like, think about this. People want to talk about Teddy Bridgewater had a good game because he had three hundred thirty-four yards. But again, on fifty attempts Derek most, most of the time you see those 300 yard attempts is with 30 passes i'm about to hit you oh sorry 
Derek Carr, on the other hand, had 341 yards, more yards than Teddy did on 27. Half the pass attempts, more yards, one less TD. Derek Carr had two. Teddy Bridgewater had three. But Carr had zero interceptions, zero fumbles. Bridgewater had three interceptions, one fumble. And when you look at the... And looking at that, that's just starting to show that Derek Carr is looking like his old self again from that 2016 season. And yeah. it's scary to me because I hate the Raiders. I'm a Raider hater for yeah. life. I mean, yes. And he looks good, and I hate to see that, and I hate to say it, but it's true, right? No, no. 100%. The man is looking insane. Yeah, he is. He's, he's honestly on MVP form. And especially after what he just did yesterday with no head coach, an interim coach, and a new play caller. Yes, it was the same plays, the same scheme and everything, but it was a new play caller calling the plays into his headset, and he still went out there and balled for 341 yards and two touchdowns with a QB rating of 134.4 in the Broncos' house. People, I can't stress that enough. They did this at home. Can you yeah. imagine if this was in Las Vegas? And if and also the thing is, is what the Raiders have like the worst winning percentage in mile high, yeah. I believe. They're one of the worst teams when it comes to coming into mile high. Except the Patriots. I think they're second worst. Yeah, I think they have a worse, worse uh, winning percentage. Yeah. But the because they played the Raiders twice a year, yeah. obviously the Raiders have more losses. And the record looks worse. But yeah, I think the, the Patriots have a little bit worse winning percentage than what the Raiders have. But yeah, yeah. either way, it's still – they. This was in your house. Your house. It came in your house, punched you in your face, took your dinner, and then ate it at your table, and then walked out the front door without you doing a dang thing about it. So is I don't I haven't really looked much into it since Gruden resigned because why should I need to be looking into this more? But is uh are Mark Davis and the Raiders sticking with the interim head coach, or are they gonna be looking for somebody before the season ends? I don't see them doing anything before the season ends, especially yeah. after what Basaccia, I think that's how you say his mm-hmm. name, um, did. did. Yeah. You know, I who knows? He might even be hired as the head he coach. Could be. Yeah. If they go off and they end up in the playoffs, he's going to be because they because they actually have a little bonus with him. He, I don't I don't know if he's he might be Italian. I don't know. He looks like a minority to me. But if he's a that, minority, yeah. they don't even have to worry about the Rooney rule. I'll have to look into his lineage. I don't want to be. I don't want to make an assumption because his. What's name, his first name again? Uh, I think it's Rich. Is it Rich Basakia? Yep, Rich Basakia. Basakia. I can't Bisakia. remember how to pronounce his, his name. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I mean, it sounds Italian, so I might be wrong. Uh, his nationality American. But... from a working. Yeah, he's Italian from a working class. Yep. Yonkers. Okay, so never mind. He is not a minority, so I guess that goes out the window. I just, like I said, I didn't want to make much of an assumption, but. Hey, Yonkers, New York makes a lot of sense, though. Hey, buddy. Hey, that, I think that would really work well with that whole Davis family. Because, you know, that's, I think that's, pr- I'm pretty sure that's where the Davises are from, aren't yeah. they? From New York. Like, I don't think it's exactly Yonkers, but I, I think they're from the East Coast. Um, it's where. Uh, Massachusetts. Brompton, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, so, East Coast. Yeah. Yep. Same so, type yeah. of attitude. Same type of attitude. Same type of same type of area. I mean, obviously Boston's different than New York, but it's really just mainly the accent and what just that area and what cuss words that they use. It's about the difference between and the, how they hate other sports teams. Yeah, yeah, that's about, <laughs> that's about it. But I mean, it's pretty much yeah, yeah. Just 
a bunch of homers that they don't care who you are. Their team's better and they always have better players. But anyways, getting beyond that. Yeah. <clears throat> Boston, yeah. They Red would Sox. have to interview a minority candidate, but still, I mean, that's really become kind of just a charade. It's just how, yeah, it's just how it is nowadays in the league. Yeah, it, because... They just bring in the token black guy and then give him an interview. And every <laughs> once in a while, like a Vance Joseph or somebody gets a, gets an actual job. But yeah, most of it's just like the token black guy. Okay. God, Vance Joseph. <laughs> yeah. I know. Nothing, nothing against him, but my God, everything against him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the poor man, the poor man was yeah. in a positive and... situation, but. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think he was a much better coach than than what he showed. I just don't mm-hmm. think he was ever really given the personnel to succeed. So, but that's another discussion for another day. That is something I will be talking to you about after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, but you look going back to that uh, that the minority thing, and when you were saying the token black guy, it's just how it is in the league nowadays. Most of those guys will get hired because not because of their race, because they're co- good coaches, but. Looking at this Raiders team, I wouldn't be surprised if Rich gets hired as the head coach. I wouldn't. Of course, they're going to bring in the other guy to interview because you kind of have to. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like it'd be the first time he ever interviewed for a head coaching job. Like, he was actually in the running to become the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before Bruce Arians. So, he's had he's, – he's, his name is in circle. So, it wouldn't be that far of a stretch to make him the head coach, especially if he shows some type of a success. Especially if they make a good playoff run. Yeah, yeah. If they get the play, if they win one playoff game, I'm telling you right now, Basachi is the head coach. Or even if they make the playoffs, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I think even yeah, just make you it. make that wild card. You make the make it super wild card weekend, and you like even if they lose that game, if they play it close and show resilience, he could be a head coach there. Yeah, but then when you look at our coaching staff, I think that Denver's coaching staff it needs is to, it, all of it all of it needs yeah to it's, it's that it. time vance joseph got two years as or was it three uh he he actually yeah he did get three he was gonna get fired after year two but he went in and somehow convinced john elway to give him one more year. which my god that surprises me that, yeah i, I couldn't <laughs> believe that like how much of a competitor and how strong-willed john elway is and that meant that tells you the type of orator and just slick with words type of man that Vance Joseph was. <laughs> and I mean, and look at him. He instantly was able to get to Arizona right afterwards. Yeah. yeah I mean, and I mean, he's, but he's always been, been a good coordinator. Good, yeah. As a, as a good defensive, like an up and coming coordinator candidate. And, you know, all going, that fear of men and all those, those tropes that were said when he was hired. I'm kind of, a, if, if they do end up pulling the plug, which I think George Payton will, is yeah, his guy. I was I was very excited watching him do everything during the offseason, all his pickups and everything, because they yeah. were pretty good. And the past two coaches, because Kubiak was an offensive-minded coach, then you get the Joseph and Fangio, who are two very defensive-minded coaches. Is it time to bring back the offensive-minded coach? Yeah, true. You know, you went you went to that well on the defensive side twice. It's just That's because the reason that defense was so good is because Kubiak gave Wayfield's free reign of that defense. Yes. yes. And I mean, the man's still sitting on his couch. I don't understand how Wade Wade wants to coach. You can tell by his tweets and his and all the messages he puts out there and anytime he ends up on an hey, interview. I love his Twitter. Coach. His Twitter is great. Great. Yes. The son of bum. I yeah. love it. I love it so much. And yeah. when you if if that's the thing is whoever 
George Payton hires if it ha- if Denver ends up looking for a coach is Wade Phillips in the run not as a head coach but if whoever they hire is he in the run for another defensive coordinator job in Denver because I feel like that instantly makes that defense five times better than it is yeah I think if you can find an offensive guru that it kind of like a uh, like a Sean McVay mm-hmm. that th- did the same even like a Cliff Kingsbury yeah yeah uh, somebody like that that's just just really focused on the offense and then allow Wade to just do his thing on the defense. I think, yeah, you could definitely get back to prominence very quickly with this squad because I don't think that there is as many holes as people think it is. I think it's a lot more due to bad coaching than mm-hmm. anything else. And the fact that Shermer just wants to run the same damn plays over and over, the same sequences over and over, it's it's like the definition of crazy. Benny it's just like me running ball. shotgun slants every play in Madden. Right, exactly. Eventually, <laughs> the, the AI is gonna catch up. Okay, it's watching take that pick. Going back to that, the Wade Phillips part is if you if they somebody ends up bringing him back in, you have Von Miller. Von Miller won a Super Bowl with that man, and it's kind of a similar story with Demarcus Ware. After Demarcus Ware lost him in Dallas, came to Denver, and Wade comes back, it instantly made Von wait because Von was new and never had Wade Phillips. It made him instantly better, and that like this is just all what ifs. But right. if it happens. That I feel like it would make Bradley Chubb instantly uh, all pro uh, pass rusher if you bring Wade Phillips in for that defensive scheme. I believe so because you wouldn't have Chubb chasing a receiver all the way down the field. Because look what happened to Vaughn. Vaughn and was Vaughn, coming off of yeah. that. What are Vaughn and Chubb doing covering slot receivers? I don't care who the slot receiver is. Yeah, every time you saw Vaughn in coverage years before, it was on tight ends. Yes. And it doesn't ma- I don't care. It doesn't matter. They should not be backpedaling ever, ever. They should be rushing that quarterback every play. Especially Vaughn, especially uh-huh. in this stage. Like, I get that you might want to, like, switch it up and make him feel weird and put Chubb into a zone, you know, like a short zone. That makes sense. But why are you manning him up on a slot receiver? So breaking news is now uh, John Gruden's front runner for Broncos head coach next year. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> stop it, people. I'm bringing that offensive-minded coach in there. <laughs> yeah, no, stop it. No, That's we're not joke. bringing a racist, misogynist <laughs> no. jerk off. And, oh, uh, no, Ellie would never allow that. I know you're joking. But yeah. <laughs> I just oh, have God. To, I have to be specific yeah. for some types of viewers, you know. Um, but while we're talking about some types of viewers. Hey, Gruden did about- nothing wrong. That's a great NFL meme, and it has all the picture profile pictures of people with their American flags in the background, and it's just a selfie way too close to their face. Yes, great. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay. Anyway, talking since we're talking about people making excuses for themselves and their actions, how about we talk about Broncos country making excuses for Teddy yet again? I don't understand this. I really don't. Because when Drew had a much horror roster a year ago he got none of these excuses nobody was talking about oh nobody can win with this coaching staff oh nobody can win with that defense nobody can win with these injuries those that none of the caveats or any of these things were given to drew can you explain to me the inability of so many to critique teddy and just say what we can all see that he sucks yeah um you know it sucks because I really like Teddy. He's a great guy. And years before when he was playing, like like we talked about last week, 
he's a great backup. He's yeah. starting to he's starting to turn into that Nick Foles type of backup story, right? Yeah, I would. Where if he has to come in, he's oh. going to come in and ball out. But if he's that starter, then I think that all changed because he wasn't a bad starter in Minnesota. It all changed after he tore his ACL in training camp in 2016. That's when it all changed for Teddy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, and like, it's funny. I got a Teddy troll in my own family. My brother-in-law, Sam, man. I know he's going to hear this. He's probably, he's probably going to laugh. But, anything, but like, he loves to mess with me on Teddy because I won't say that he's a Teddy troll. I just know that he likes to mess with me. Um, but he does like Teddy. But even he finds some type of an inability to say what is just blatantly obvious that Teddy is a backup and he is not better than Drew. He proved that yesterday. All the people were talking about how he's not going to have a three or four interception game. He's not going to lose games for you. Well, it's two weeks in a row that Teddy has lost a game and you, and you can sit there and try and consternate and make up whatever BS you want to, but two consecutive weeks, Teddy, is the reason that the Broncos lost. You know, we wouldn't be saying this this week if he didn't throw those interceptions. It's just, it was very un- it was very unfortunate that his first interception had to be a game-losing one. Yeah. And then, and then what happens is that carried over. What happened is it carried over into this week. The man has no confidence. He said... If it was just an incomplete pass, we wouldn't be talking about it, but it's an interception. No, exactly, yeah. but... The thing is, it's not that he threw the interceptions. It's the fact that he doesn't get the same treatment Drew did. And I don't understand it. I mean, I have my assumptions, but I I don't want to you know there. But I just – I can't understand it. If it's not because of people being afraid of being called a racist, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say that that's the reason. But You're the person that can't be called a racist. <laughs> I'm saying, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I, if are people, I that's the only thing I can figure is like, are people afraid that they're gonna get canceled? Or it's just that era. Just, yeah, it's like, is that the thing? Is like, is it because the era that we're in, like, people are afraid to critique the man? Like, yeah, and but I was, I I'll say is I was all in on Drew this year. Give him that final chance, that good chance where he gets his a coordinator for the second year in a row. And he balled out in the preseason. Granted, it's preseason. And I was I wanted to see him at least I wanted to see him start at least a few games those few weeks. And if maybe if he played awful against both New York teams and the Jags, we'd be talking about something different with Teddy. Yeah, and it was so nice to see on on Twitter and other places that I am not the only person that has this take. I am not definitely saying, not. Yeah, I am not saying that. Drew is the answer. What I'm saying is we don't know. We don't know. Like even And we'll never know. Yeah, even with my brother-in-law that doesn't do this for a living. He just likes football. Even he sits there and like, I do know Drew is trash. Drew's gonna go out there and throw four interceptions. Well, so is Teddy. But Teddy has no chance of being a a franchise quarterback. And that's no chance of being a full-time starter. Drew does drew is still only 23 people he is five years younger than teddy and when you when i sorry good and when this is going to bring up a point that we talked about before we started before we went on is if if the broncos wipe head coach wipe all the staff bring in new guys 
is that going to help bring in a good quarterback in free agency draft or somebody who just wants to come play? And that's what we were talking about earlier. If Aaron Rodgers is available, is it a pickup? Yeah. Yeah. Like I honestly, I believe if Fangio and company are still in power in Denver, they have no chance. No, definitely not. That Aaron is not going to come and play for that offense. I mean, There's he loves Tomlin. No like that's, that's what we talked about earlier yeah. too, before we went on there. He loves Tomlin. He's got a little bit of a bromance going on, which I mean, oh, that did that, who in the that clip was so great. Tomlin. Yes. Tomlin's such a great coach. I mean, the man's a great coach and he's been in Pittsburgh for so long for good reasons. Yeah. He I mean, wins. I've seen people in, in, in on Twitter and everything from Broncos country screaming, please do whatever you can to get Tomlin as the head coach of the Broncos. Like that is how much that man is beloved, not only within the NFL circle, but NFL fans in general. Like, he has another team that he just throttled. He has their fan base talk, screaming for the Broncos to do whatever it takes, even if it takes like a John Gruden type trade that sent him from the Raiders to the Buccaneers all the way. That was still the cra- in my opinion, the craziest trade of all time. It really was. It was insane. But hey, and then look what he did to the Raiders that year. But now I, I have to hate. I hate him now. I hate him now. Yeah, we have to hate him. We have to hate him. Now. <laughs> I have to hate him. Uh, I, it I, just I, sucks because his mic up moments were the best. I love Chucky, dude. I, <laughs> as much as I hate the Raiders, I always loved Gruden and his mannerisms on the sideline. His mic up moments were the best. They were the best, and the faces that he could make. Like he looked like. I mean, the reason he got the name Chucky was because he looked like the doll from Child's Play. He looked like Chucky when he my got favorite. angry face. My but anyway, I don't want to Keyshawn. talk about the man and, and praising him and everything. He's, yeah. he's douche. He, deserved, he got what he deserved. We're going to move on from Gruden. You're just like my wife when you get into space. You just get lost. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but and that's what he is. He's lost now. Yeah, he's lost. He's bye. Goodbye. He's Goodbye. been removed from the Buccaneers' ring of fame, all that. Dude, that, that made me laugh oh, it was, so it was hard. Delicious. And Madden's removing him from every game. Yep. Oh, it's already, he's already been removed. I went on, I went on to Madden 22 last night <laughs> and like, as soon as I got on, I went to open up Madden and it said, or uh, Madden 22. And it said, uh, it's in the middle of an update. I have to wait. And so I, it was like instant. Like they said, they're going to do it and they did it. Dude, I, it's, it's, is it going to be like that thing about how Belichick's never in any Madden? It's just some random guy. Yeah. Well, that's because he would not sell them his like, yeah. But no, it's yeah, it's gonna it's a ran, it's just a rando. Like they don't even it's, have it as Rich Versace. It's so funny. Like the, the Belichick one, it's just gonna be and like I the Belichick. Black, if I remember right. I, oh, like, that makes it way yeah. better. Yes, it's freaking hilarious, dude. That makes it ten times funnier. You know, you know, EA's gotta troll them a little bit. And I wanted to ask you this before we went on air, and I think it's still kind of a good point like on the Gruden stuff, as we'll get away from this, is the Schefter, the Schefter drama that's going on now. Have you I, seen anything about that? No. Fill me in, brother. Fill me so, in. I don't know. the. I'll, I'm going to bring up this article. I, was reading, but I don't know the full story about Adam Schefter. It's Schefter is in some of these emails, apparently, and no, never reported it, them. Oh, yes. Influencer Ian Rappaport talks Adam Schefter email. He talked about it on Pat McAfee's show. Bully Adam Schefter after email. What is going on, Sheffy? Ooh, you're a bull. Hey, I think I think um, it's uh, his uh, comeuppance is coming around finally. Jennifer Sturger, isn't that the same chick that had that got the Brett Favre penis pics? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, she's the one that's that started this. I think it's it's comeuppance for Schefter finally after what he did to Mike Shanahan to get his big start to get his big break. 
2010 Brett Favre scandal. Which, sorry, I'm going to read this out loud and stop mumbling for y'all. Former <laughs> Jets host Jennifer Sturger joined the growing chorus criticizing ESPN NFL, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter on Thursday. Sturger recalled the 2010 Brett Favre scandal in which she allegedly received inappropriate photos from Favre. then Jets quarterback and pointed to Schefter's reporting on the situation. A certain journalist also published a false statement from me in 2010 saying I had agreed to cooperate in the NFL investigation in an attempt to force my hand and bully me, Sturger tweeted, to which I wrote him in DMs that's false and some sloppy BS reporting. So oh, not- dude, Schefter's statement's kind of BS too. Yeah, it's going off. Oh, my God. Read a statement. <laughs> Fair questions are being asked about my reporting approach on an NFL lockout story from 10 years ago. Just to clarify, it's common practice to verify facts of a story with with sources before you publish it in order to be as accurate as possible. In this case, I took the rare step of sending the full story in advance because of the complex nature of the collective bargaining talks. It was a step too far, and looking back, I shouldn't have done it. The criticism being levied is fair. With that said, I want to make this perfectly clear. In no way did I or would I cede editorial control or hand over final say about a story to anyone ever. I mean, that's that's really weak. That's really it's very weak. That's weaker than uh, oh, that's weaker than Gruden's statement, to be honest. The it looks like he there's something else about he reportedly sent an unpublished story to former Washington football team executive, which is a very big and bad breach. How about Washington getting raided by the DEA? Wow. <laughs> right, every <laughs> oh my goodness, dude! Like this whole Washington football team investigation is going to be a giant black eye is this gonna make schneider sell the team finally i i don't know i mean i can't believe they haven't made him sell it already after yeah. after those emails because there just needs to be a there damn were, documentary about this season already there my were, god yeah there were multiple people in these email chains but the only people we're hearing about are john gruden and adam schefter Two people that have had words to say about Goodell. Yeah, and that targeted the NFL and the NFL will has said that it refuses to release any of these emails, which tells me they're protecting people. Mm-hmm. That more than Bruce Allen, Adam Schefter, and John Gruden are involved in this, and the NFL is protecting them. I hope that every single journalist does not let this go. Until mm-hmm. we see all of those emails. Because I know Rappaport's not. No, no, he's not. And I can't. And I hope that him and so many others continue to just beat on the NFL's door. We deserve to know and what is in those emails. Every when I was, single one of them. When I was bringing up earlier before we were reading statements, you remember the Schefter scandal, what got him his big break, right? Screwing over Shanahan. Oh yeah, he like. Do you remember that day in class when Andy told us that story when he was still yes. working there? Yes, that was great, and I think it's is come up and it's coming around. Karma's coming around. It's it really is I for mean, Schefter. Yeah, when when you get your thing, when you get what you have by shady ways, nine times out of ten, what you did in the dark comes to light. As you, that's say, why Shanahan hates adam schefter <laughs> yep, yep he wouldn't even he wouldn't even do an interview he wouldn't even take the man's phone calls and you know why schefter and schefter didn't go to his um it's uh his they, thing yes yeah shanahan said he could not be there it was, was awesome to cover it yeah yeah shanahan said he could not be there that he was not allowed to cover it so the the nfl network's 
or sorry, ESPN. Ian Rappaport is the NFL Network. They look they look the same. I'm sorry that I mixed up the two uh, dwarfs. But <laughs> <laughs> Rappaport's the best man. Rappaport is awesome. I love I love. I, now that we say that I something's mean, gonna happen, <laughs> I God, I know, man. I swear, like every time I'm like, I like this guy, and they're like. Yeah, he's a real POS Because you remember when we were previewing, <laughs> when we were talking about something about the Raiders a few weeks ago, we were like, dude, Gruden's just killing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We were like, when we were previewing, the, like going up the week before the uh, the Ravens game. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, man, oh, he's killing it, bro. <laughs> you know, you know, it looks like, you know, he's brought the Raiders back to prominence. And then three weeks later, it was like, it was like. The, Gruden is a racist. They're like, yeah. okay, we kind of probably knew that before, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like I wrote in the in my preview on the answers42media.net that it was like this the fight scene in the Anchorman, Legend of Ron Burgundy. <laughs> Dude, that oh, it escalated so, quickly. Such an it escalated quickly. Scene. Rick, where'd you get a hand grenade? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just running around with yeah, that's one of the greatest scenes. Ben Stiller in the Spanish language news. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's the Spanish dudes. Yeah. Oh my God. That was. It, it's literally exactly. You're right. It escalated quickly. Yeah. It escalated very. Are we are we curses for these people? I swear. I, maybe. Are we, should, we turning into a social justice group right now? Start, yeah. Right. We should start <laughs> just praising all the people we hate because it seems like every time we do, they get punched in the gut. So it's great. <laughs> man, I really like LeBron James. Man. He's doing great. <laughs> love LeBron James. I love all of the Lakers. Now that we said that he's going to pop off this season. <laughs> right, yeah. Now he's going to go out and fall out like he was 20 again. He's just going to kill the Nuggets in the conference finals again. I'm going to be sad. Right. But before we get too far off track, but we're just talking about people and their inability to critique Teddy. Let's go ahead and move on to another place that we can critique, which is this defense that failed again. As we stated earlier, uh, Derek Carr was able to throw for 341 yards on just 27 attempts for the second week in a row, a bottom five rush offense run rough shot over this defense. The defensive line looks weak. They're getting manhandled. They just lost their best inside linebacker in Alexander Johnson to the same pectoral injury that cost them their second best linebacker in Josie Jewell. And this is that exact purpose, that exact statement right there is why i say that broncos need to clean house not only in the coaching staff and maybe even the qb position but as far as the strength and conditioning coaches these last couple of years man i don't know whatever's happened since they since they promoted greek anthonopolis this team has well i thought greek retired greek just retired last year oh yeah he well two I, years ago they uh i thought they, yeah did they yeah they greek. Uh, promoted him and then he retired retired or whatever but anyways yeah and it was and and that's what i think is the problem look at how little injuries there were when greek was there exactly yeah when greek was there dude the broncos were always a healthy squad and greek is and there's a reason greek was pat bolin's um uh what what is it at the hall of fame the shower i forgot what they the technical term is presenter his presenter at the hall of fame oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's because of how great of a job he did for pat boland's team and not only because when pat comes down to talk to him he talks to greek about greek and about the players because they always wanted to know that's the reason that team was ran so well under pat boland and greek is that they were always a close group and the team never got hurt rare injuries that went around that board and it's starting to show its true colors this year that 
Greek is the reason that team stayed so healthy. <laughs> the man didn't get the praises he really deserves. No, I mean, yeah, he he definitely internally got the praise he he deserved. But yeah, internally, yeah, it was he was like he's like an offensive lineman. As long when you don't hear their name, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he actually just retired in June of 2021. Yep. He was promoted a few years ago, and then he completely retired in June of 2021. So we were both right. There you yep. go. <laughs> but yeah, hey, that's that's that that's just that rare moment when we're both right. Right there, you go. But yeah, it's either one of us is wrong and we're pissed. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no Greek. Ever since Greek was replaced, I don't I don't know what they've changed in that strength and conditioning room, but things have just went left and we're dropping. Whatever they changed, it wasn't a good change. Yeah, definitely, it was not a good change. They need that's why I said they need a new owner. They need it. They need better defensive line. Uh, and they need the better linebackers. When we're talking about cleaning house, right? Are they being? They're going to be forced to sell the team this year, right? Or are they going to give it to Brittany? They are supposed to be selling the team. Uh, essentially, everything's good because the the children from the first marriage don't want the children from the second marriage to get daddy's job. So they're forced. They're going to essentially force them to sell because the trustees won't hand it off to Brittany unless every single member of the family approves. And so if it even it's a just one, which would be at least Beth, the one that that Beth is the one. Yeah, sorry, Beth. Yeah, she sued Brittany and, and the Broncos and everything, but they dropped their lawsuit. Settlement. Which, a settlement came through. Yeah. Well, there was no talk of a settlement. I don't oh, think there wasn't. I thought there was. Yeah, there was. They just dropped it, uh, yeah. which tells me that they are going to get a settlement through the sale of the team. And their chunk that they are legally obligated to get. So what's hey, gonna all I heard is Jay Z wants to buy an NFL team. Yeah, Jay Z. I honestly <laughs> believe that our next owner is going to be Jeff Bezos. Damn it! I hope not. I he he's got the most money and the most willpower. Like yeah. Jay Z can talk about wanting to buy it, but if Jeff Bezos gets into into the discussion, there's nobody that can outbid him. I mean, who would you rather have? Let's be real: the man who abuses his workers. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know, but hey, but the bright side of that, actually. We would ever have to worry about whether or not the Broncos have money again. Exactly. That's the one thing you don't have to worry about. And the man knows how to run a business. And he's competitive in every competitive. So he is not going to. The man went to space. Yeah, he went to space. He, you know, he's trying to build his own colony on another planet. Like. The man does not lose. He does not like to lose. Winning only with Jeff Bezos. Yeah, winning only. He's the richest man in the world. He will not accept losing. And you know, but I know I can tell why people don't want Jeff Bezos there. There are many reasons, but the big reasons for me are is the man just has a toxic environment with his Amazon, yeah. with his Amazon warehouses. Yeah. South Park made a whole damn episode about it. That's right. how bad they were. <laughs> and it's and I've met people who've worked in those warehouses. It's awful. It's just not Same a great here. environment, and that's all because that's mainly because Bezos is a cheap kind of a cheap bastard. Let's be real. I mean, yeah, but I mean that. I mean, all real rich people mm-hmm. are are penny pinchers. And like, I remember my dad's boss, who he owned the only Cadillac dealership in my hometown. It was a <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. Yep, I know you know those motors. Yep, right there in Sterling. Uh, he would literally stop traffic to pick up a penny on the road. <laughs> uh, Mr. Krabs up in there. He al- yeah, he almost got hit by a car because he was picking up a a soda can out of the street 
so he could take it to be recycled to get the two cents. That is literally, this man was a millionaire, but was still stooping over and almost getting hit by traffic so he could make another two it's cents. All about that money, like Mr. Krabs says, it's all about money. Exactly. I mean, Mr. Krabs sold SpongeBob for 62 cents. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, and also the other thing about the Bezos environment is, like, that's the main reason is his where the warehouses, yeah, no, his yeah, environment is toxic. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got his warts. He's definitely got his negatives. But in in the world of rich white men, what we say and what we think doesn't matter. Oh, and this is the uh, other thing I just remembered is people are afraid he'll move the team. I mean, there's that possibility. Like, yeah. people are afraid that he's going to move it to, like – but, I mean, like, the only place he would really move it to would be Washington, and they already have Seattle. Mm-hmm. And there is no way that he would be able to pry the Denver Broncos – out of this city but another upside is he owns a house in boulder uh the upside is the man could build a stadium with pocket change yeah yeah like literally a brand new indoor stadium that could bring more tourism a super bowl possibly to denver Mm -hmm. get a roof so that get a roof that's the only way that the super bowl is coming yeah that's what i'm saying he could build an indoor stadium yeah for here it would bring in so much money to this to the city of denver possibly bring a super bowl into denver you never. It's just possibilities are endless with him, but then there's just those scary sides of Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's like, are you willing to overlook uh-huh. the negatives? And I think that might be the only thing that might keep him from getting from the team. Being an yeah. owner is you know all the warts and the legal battles. And hey, if Jay Z's the owner, on. there's shows at halftime every week. I'd be excited. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Jeff <laughs> Presidents Two is being played every week. But my thing is, is like, does he have? Like, yes, he's oh. a billionaire. Yeah. But no, definitely bill- not. He's not a billionaire like that. Like, he yeah. can't buy the team by himself. Just like it's... he couldn't buy the Nets by himself. Mm-hmm. Just the face of that ownership group. And, you know, notability. I'm only saying that for the meme because I think it's so funny. But it would yeah. just also be so cool to have Jay-Z as an no, owner, right? It. But, the uh, yeah, Jay-Z's an owner. The other thing I was looking at was I saw not too long ago that there are some former players and – um, executives that are thinking of doing an ownership group on the team that would all put money down. And then they would, ha- they would pick the w- one guy out of the ownership group to basically be the the face of the organization. Yeah. And, yeah it's like the, and, and yeah, and that's what is what I've seen is John Elway, Peyton Manning, and a few other old Broncos execs executives are all have talked about putting money down to do an ownership, like a gr- a jointed ownership of the team yeah. Yeah, to you appoint know, somebody. Yeah, I've heard those rumors. I think and that's pretty cool. It would be pretty cool, right? And then you see people that want just Peyton to buy it. He's not just going to buy it. The man is enjoying his retirement and what he's he ain't doing. Got enough money for that either. Yeah, he does, and he doesn't have enough money, right? Gotta, that's why ownership groups not that much. Yeah, that's why you got. Yeah, right, God. <laughs> and that's when you have to look at it. Is is it's most likely going to be an ownership type team yeah. if these people want it to stay within the organization. Yeah, I mean this franchise is is valued at over three billion it's like the Which fifth is, the fifth like highest yeah like, most high expensive value. team yeah, yeah highest value team. team yeah yeah it it's like right behind like dallas and and a few others but yeah i mean that means that if it's valued at three over three billion it's gonna sell for close to five billion dollars yeah that's five times jay-z's net worth last night because <laughs> i know i know he was like close to a billion but again the man doesn't have five times the, his net worth, 
to actually get it done. And that's that's where a lot of people don't don't think about. They're like, oh, this person's rich. They can just go buy that team. No, no. Elon Musk for oh. Broncos ownership. I, I wouldn't be mad at Elon, but he's I gonna shoot rockets off for every game, dude. It'd be lit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't see I don't think he has really much of an interest in sports. I've never seen yeah. him have an interest in sports. Yeah, dude. Every time instead of a flyover with all the jets, dude, he's gonna have one of his space just a Tesla fly over the stadium. Right. <laughs> shoot a Tesla over the stadium like he shot one at the <laughs> so I was right. Yeah, one point. Jay Z is worth one point three billion. So this franchise is going to be sold for five, and that's over time. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not right now. Yeah, that's his. To- that's not. That's not what he has in cash. Yeah, that's everything. That's his equity. That's that's that's, that's over everything in his career. Is yeah, you know that's that's ever that's not cash. That's one point three billion. Is that's everything. That's if he sold everything he owns, every single thing. He would have 1.3 billion in cash, maybe at that point, depending upon inflation and what he sold the stuff for. But so, yeah, the, you, you could be like Fry in Futurama, no. where he goes to sleep for a thousand years and had 92 cents his bank account. Wake up a billionaire. Exactly, it's not doesn't work that. Yeah, <laughs> that way in real life. Okay, so it's that's not just it's just not going to be Jay Z. Would, would no, it be awesome no. to see him as part of an ownership group? Yes. But I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. It's most likely a Bezos, which is just sucks yeah. to hear, but it's the reality. Yeah, because it's I mean, the reality. It's the reason Bezos stepped down as the CEO and chairman. He is it's now to own an just NFL team on the board. Yeah, because NFL owners, if you look, none of them run their own businesses. They have the only thing that they truly run. They're all retired. It's not like they don't know how to run a business or whatever. Yeah. But the, they were all businessmen before. Yeah, they were. They all were multi-billionaire, like not not one or two billion. We're talking 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 billion dollars. And when you look and the, that's the cool thing about Pat Bolin is he didn't grow up with money. They his family stumbled upon that. His family stumbled upon that money years into his life, like when he was in high school, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Like and. He, he didn't he wasn't born with the silver spoon. No, he was and that's the cool thing about him is he still acted like how he was growing up. Yeah. He I mean, wasn't just that billionaire. He was just the cool guy with money. Yeah, because he didn't go to private school. He went yeah. to public school. You know? So yeah. like he he didn't have that air of superiority. Uh, that a lot that I think that's what really turns off a lot of people with the man parachute surfed in Hawaii every year, like right. <laughs> like it's, almost killed John Elway. God, that's a great story. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> for another day we'll have to save that one for for later but yeah that's no. after this team did sold absolutely yeah that was after the after the selling it's insane what rich people do for for a thrill but i guess once you've got that am- amount of money and you've done all those things you got to kind of come up with crazy things to get your heart beating i guess but going back again the failure of the standard that pat Bowen set it's just it's come to a head. They they got a clean house. I can't believe like I was actually hoping that since we were recording this today, we would have some breaking news about heads rolling in mm-hmm. Valley. But as of right now, I've been checking the whole time since we've been we've been. Yeah, I have Twitter open on my other monitor yeah, right now. I got Twitter. I got Yahoo. I got Google. I got I got everything open. I got my Hootsuite open with my stream showing me everything that's going on in Broncos country. And there's just nothing coming out of Dove Valley. And I don't understand how after three weeks of absolute ineptitude and getting absolutely mollywhopped by the Raiders 
in your house how heads are not rolling you know at some point as we've seen over the years after after super bowl 50 every fans voice their opinion and each year it gets quieter and quieter just because people are tired of it yeah it's just it, people are because i am honestly i mean we're diehard broncos fans for life yeah no, no, through thick and thin yeah that's not gonna change yeah we're colorado born baby that orange and blues are our blood colorado born and bred baby exactly except i'm in hick we were in hick colorado let's be real <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we were in the country i was in sterling he was in Holyoke. so if any of y'all know where that country is i am surprised for one and you were the only one that knew when we met <laughs> yeah yeah i mean because that's where my dad grew up you yeah. grew up in the same city my dad grew up. i spent summers in Holyoke at my grandma's house when i was younger so i know all about Holyoke. it's not that great no you could literally (laughs) walk from one end of town to the other in less than five minutes like dead like dead serious that's that's how there's there was one stoplight stoplight that was actually one four-way stoplight one four-way stoplight that wasn't even really a stoplight it just blinked hey they work now oh they work now they actually work now they change colors holy they work there i don't know how many years it's been but they since i've been driving Look at y'all moving on up. We got working stoplights in Holyoke. <laughs> Sterling, you could drive through in five in less than five minutes. Can't can't say the same if thing about the roads, but no, the roads. Oh yeah, I'm sure the roads in Colorado are always horrible, though, man. It's it's a losing battle with with roads. Yo, they they finally fixed Highway Six in between Sterling and Fleming, though. But that's a that's a mini miracle right there. Yeah. That was a death trap for my entire <laughs> life. Like you got a dead man's curve over forty-five because there was going to be a pothole that was going to send you into the ditch. Somewhere. And then you hit dead man's curve where there's like fifty potholes on it. Yeah, and it was dead man's curve for a reason. Yeah, I, I saw you remember the the since we're on Halloween, this is actually a perfect time to bring this up. Did you ever hear the folklore of of dead man's curve right there on Highway Six? I might have. I've, about, I've heard some things about it. My aunt told me some stories. About the wet, about the uh, couple that died on their wedding night. Oh, I and didn't how, hear that from them, but I've heard that. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's one of the greatest folklores of of country. That, but anyways, for y'all people that don't know, there there's Dead Man's Curve on Highway Six, as you just explained, and the story goes that a a couple that just got married on their wedding night was headed to their destination, wherever it was, and they hit Dead Man's Curve. Well, they didn't turn on Cur- Dead Man's Curve, went straight off, and they both died. And uh, they never found the body of the husband. So the wife wanders, her spirit wanders that stretch of road looking for her husband's body. You know what the creepiest thing I've ever experienced on that curve is? There's a couple of my buddies and I, when I was in high school still, we went to Sterling to go to the theater. And it was some Conjuring movie, some one of those series movies. Oh, yes. And on the way home, oh, it was The Nun. It was The Nun. I was a senior. Oh, great. And on the way back, we hit the thickest fog i've ever driven in oh at dead man's curve yes That's I'm, I'm driving i'm like i just look at my friends like yo we don't make a home it's not me that's <laughs> <laughs> that's on it's not on me it's not on me guys <laughs> that's on you it's <laughs> for on tra- you. that's on you for coming with me here that's creepy <laughs> that's actually that actually reminds me of like when i lived out in the country outside of panama city florida <laughs> um we lived on this place called ashley lane and it was literally in the swamp, yo. We had gators in the sw- in the in the little swamp area back. Florida's just house. different. Yeah, and 
and we had a uh, some type of animal. We could never see what it was, but it always made these weird grunting sounds. Chupacabra, rustle, chupacabra. right? And would <laughs> rustle the and would rustle in in the bushes, but it would never come out. The cuckoos out there, dude. Yeah, I know. It's like what we <laughs> called it was the chupacabra. <laughs> it my sisters out one night the first time it happened because out there in the country and like. I don't know if y'all have ever been to the South, but the way that the um, it cools down at night, there is always a layer of fog that lays it's eerie right on top of the of the swamp. And so, like, what night? Every movie you've seen in a swamp, that's what it looks like. Yes, exactly. And like, so one night we were out um, and just having a little party in the backyard with me and my sisters, and that fog just set in all of a sudden all around us like we could just barely see each other and this was the first night we heard the rustling in the bushes <laughs> so about maybe five ten minutes after this weird fog just all of a sudden appears we hear and rustling in the bush i have never seen my sisters move so fast in my life like <laughs> you know I, if that thing was the chupacabra i would have died that night because I couldn't run because I was laughing too hard. You know, uh, you know, and my oh, I just dropped something on my keyboard. Sorry, uh, it might have been a, might not even been a chupacabra animal. It might have just been a demon, probably. Good thing you got out of that house. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I moved. To, I moved to Atlanta shortly after that. You know, the I I, I got another good story about that. My dad told me the reason why he doesn't watch horror movies anymore. Oh, it was Lord. in high school. Him and my mom went and watched Pet Cemetery in Sterling. On the way back, they hit the thickest fog in between Sterling and Fleming, too. And my dad hates horror movies now. Oh, that's great. That's some greatness right there. To mess Dude, with wait. Them. Speaking of Dead Man's Curve, I saw some crazy S there the, a few weeks ago. I was driving um, to a softball game to go call, and I hit this curve, and I saw a fire truck. I'm like, oh, well, that's probably not good. And I just seen them putting this car out. It was on fire. Oh, on the curve. I just catch it on fire. That's like me and my family. Like every time we go to Fort Lupton trying to visit the family, something crazy happens. Like uh, one time we were driving by where they had uh, where they store the oil from all the oil fields out in Fort Lupton. Yeah. One of the one of the tankers caught on fire. Oh, and, like, my. So I swear, as soon as we're driving by, it exploded. And a, the roof of the container that was as big as my truck went at least 30 feet in the air. We felt <laughs> the explosion on the highway. It was oh. insane, bro. But Dude, we're crazy. we need to come back. We got <laughs> quick, we got a quick turnaround this week. Got the Browns coming in, or we're going to the Browns. We a very a, injured Browns team. A very injured Browns team as the start of a three of three consecutive weeks on the road. That's another reason why it was so painful to watch them lose that game at home is because I really don't see a game outside of this week that is really winnable in the next month. So we will talk about why the Browns are a beatable team, even though we're talking about the Broncos, who just got throttled by the Raiders. And that has a lot to do with the injury list that's going on in right now. I don't think I've ever seen an injury report this stacked. I mean, outside of the Broncos last year with their yeah. fifty million dollars on on the injured list, and maybe the Niners from last year who had like sixty million, this is probably the most Just names. Talent, yeah, the talent laden injury list that is going on in in Cleveland is insane. 
just to break it down, these are all the players that are hurt and probably out for this week's game. We have both of their starting running backs, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, are out. The best running back duo in the NFL, in my yeah. opinion, right and now. And they are both done. They're gone for the, for this week. Kareem Hunt's down for at least four weeks. and Nick, Nick Chubb isn't as bad, I thought. No, he's not as bad. But uh, they are saying that he most likely will not play this Thursday, but could come back next week. So they they might get back at least one of their do- their two headed monsters, uh, but they're and not going to have them this week. Then and then the third head of that third headed monster is Baker. Yeah, yeah. Baker Mayfield came out in a sling after the game on Sunday. It is his non throwing shoulder, and he did start the game, which is good because I like Baker. Yes, I do like Baker. I a lot of people don't Not like more him, though. but yeah, I I don't have a problem with the kids with the kids' swag and Moxie. I really I really like the way that he and I think honestly his attitude's the only one that can succeed in that Cleveland. And the one thing that really made me like him is when he was when he was in Oklahoma. Still, if that story of that little girl, have you ever seen that? The story of the little. I don't if know. this little girl that died of cancer that they did a like make a wish oh. with Baker. Yes. And he went to and went and spoke at her funeral yes. after they after they lost the Rose Bowl. Yes, I remember that now. Yes, that was the really That's awesome. the one reason I love Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he he has that that real bad boy attitude, but you can tell that you know, he's got a soft side and he's funny. Oh, everybody I, does. I love his commercials. His commercials are always good. So Damn. The guy's the got best, a personality. The best one out of those new ones is when they're talking trash about the girl driving by in their car. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the book club. Yes, in the book club. Yes, the book club one's great. It, all in favor of kicking out Nancy or whatever her name is. Raise your hand. It was great. But yeah, I mean, even, uh, and I mean, that's the, nachos and in, in kids Halloween yeah. baskets. Right. That's just the beginning of this list that the Browns are running out there. That Their and, standout rookie linebacker that I loved coming out of the draft, mm-hmm. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. He's going to be down for multiple weeks with an ankle injury. You have uh, Jarvis Landry, who is down. Linebacker Malcolm Smith, who was a big uh, offseason pickup for them. And defensive tackle Andrew Billings, as well as both starting offensive tackles are and, all down. You know, for- and that team showed resilience for all the injuries they had last week, too, this past week, against a very hard-hitting, fast Cardinals team. Yes. They- played they didn't play awful against that cardinal team until baker got hurt obviously yeah once once it got out of hand they pulled him out i mean yeah both sides of the ball really kind of just died for the browns Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah up until then i mean that defense that pass rush will keep them in games i would say sorry go ahead no i'm saying that's why i'm saying that this week the browns are beatable but they should not be taken lightly oh no and see that Going to that game after all those injuries, depending how those guys come back from injuries, is that was possibly a Super Bowl matchup for me this year, Cardinals Browns. Yeah, I, I mean honestly, they were looking like the two best teams up until the last couple of weeks when uh, Baker got hurt. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can talk about how Baker is holding this team back. It's absolutely BS. All that oh, yeah. they want, but shut up, Stephen A. Smith. Right? Yeah, shut up, Stephen. Nobody's he's, ruining. Odell. He's not ruining Odell's. He Odell's doing it himself. Exactly. Thank you, Tebow. That's what Tebow said. I think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Speaking of, oh my God, man, and the people and the people with Tebow and like 
oh, the Broncos would have rather had 15 years of Tebow than but man, no, shut up. Shut, shut your shut mouth. Up. Shut up. We have four years of Peyton. Yes, I will take, I will take four years of Peyton over 15 years of Tebow any day. That I'm is the baldest thing right on now. Twitter, and I cannot believe that somebody that stupid got a check mark on Twitter. But anyways, I will move <laughs> on from there. But yes, I pissed off some Stokely fans not too long ago. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, <laughs> Stokely, man, I don't know what's happened to that. Dude, man. it was the you remember the guys at the school, the the vets that did their show. Yeah, those guys, I love those guys. They were cool, the cool as hell. And one night I was, it was after that char- the the Chargers comeback last year when we came back against Chargers, and I was and Stokely was just tweeting trash about the Broncos, how they shouldn't have won that game. And how it did that PI wasn't a PI, and I was sitting there talking to those guys. I was like, I can't stand Stokely, he's kind of a prick. And they're like, Well, he funds our show, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go inside. <laughs> I can't stand him, I can't stand him either. The I only time I like Stokely is the Gus Johnson call. I mean, yeah, I guess there's that, but I mean, really, oh, honestly, yeah, ever since he got in, ever since he got into radio, I, I can't stand him. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand you can't, you shouldn't be a homer for your home team. Yeah. I get that, but you also I mean, should. Look at us, we a, don't. We're not homers all the right. time. But you don't need to be a douche. Yeah, like you don't need to be a douche and make stuff up or or just be a complete idiot. Like he was just being an ass. Yeah, he doesn't. It's one thing to critique. It's one thing to make things up to critique. Like you see, it's worth critiquing Teddy Bridgewater for throwing three interceptions and having a fumble and looking absolutely inept outside of when the plays were scripted versus and when the defense goes into prevent. Those are legitimate gripes to sit here and talk about how, you know, Vaughn Miller's the only person on this team to worry about or, you know, things takes like that are stupid. You ready to get blocked by him on Twitter now? I don't care. <laughs> I'm blocked by more than him. Yeah, I know that's, I was just bringing up the yeah. story, the block. Yeah. No, yeah. No. Oh, dude, that was what a time. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I get blocked by people. Yeah. Albright, Stokely, they can all blow me. I don't care. <laughs> I, that might've been borderline for the FCC, but I don't care. That's how I feel about them. And, oh, and yeah. anybody else that wants to have a problem with me, like, I don't know why people have not figured it out. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say about my followers. I don't care what you say about me. What and you say is irrelevant. The motto of the show is I don't give a curse word. Bleep. Exactly. Yeah. That's the motto of my company, people. Company. I have none to give. If y'all have not figured this out, I have apps. A lot of people like to pretend like they have none to give, like uh, DMAC of 104.3 or oh, calling them out or now. Diesel Lammy. They like to think that they give none. I give none. And there's me. Why don't they like me? (laughs) (laughs) What do I need to do to make this better? That's why I say we're we're the perfect match because you're the yin to my yang. Like, I give none. You give some. You know how many people we put stuff at school, though? Oh, dude. All the time. All the time. I, I, I still, man, it was constant. With that me. was the best time at that school was when we were doing our show and we had class with Andy. Yes, that was, that, I, I will honestly say Andy is one of my favorite instructors. I have absolutely nothing bad to say about that man. He has, he taught me so much. 
so much. He taught everybody there so much. Yeah. If you were there willing to learn, he would teach you. If oh, you yeah. were there to learn, he could give less of a. Uh, yeah. All of you wanted to do was show initiative. Yeah, to be there in time and want to learn and want yeah. to do better. Be there, show up, work. That's all the man asked. As long as you did those things, there was no reason for you to be mad. And if you didn't, again, there was no reason for you to be mad. You did it to yourself. Yep. And then there's us finishing the project on the first day outside. He's like, what the hell are you guys doing out here? Right? Like, <laughs> what? Why aren't y'all working? Because we're done. We're done. <laughs> we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. He's like, oh. He's like, Every time I see you, you're out here and you're just screwing around. <laughs> we're like, well, you, that's because you missed us for the last two hours that we were in <laughs> air actually working. While everybody was bugging you, asking you stupid questions. Yeah, and oh, oh man, what a time! Yes, yeah, great times, man, great times. That was the best class, Andy and Tim. Yeah, Andy and Tim. Timmy, dude, Tim was the best though, dude. We got outside with him, and he didn't give a, he did not care. He would just hang out with us because he knew we were doing our job. He knew we were going to do our. That was the. Those were the best. Skipping those horrible like opportunities with the guest speakers. Yeah, well, and then Tim's out there like, yeah. He's like, yep, yep, nope. I know what those are. I ain't standing there. They stopped. They stopped telling us to go in. Yep. <laughs> After the day that I walked out, say this is a waste of my effing time. The only time, dude, I remember the only we went in for three different people. I forgot to see you guys, uh, the radio guy. Yeah, yeah, Mark Johnson, uh, Jeff Legwald. Yep, and Hirsch. We were all Andy's guys, and uh-huh. and, and Hirsch. Yeah. Dude, so Matt and I got to go do it. We did an interview with him. With who? With Hirsch. Oh, nice. We went to his facility and did nice. stuff with I did him. too. After I graduated, I uh, did a uh, piece on uh, toxic parents. In <laughs> yeah. And I Dude, had you could have got all that filming at Holyoke. <laughs> I bet. You I bet. Got all that. Yeah, no, I got, I got him and Andy to interview for that story. It was a really fun time. Yeah. I got, I, so I called, Jason, uh, the, cool. called the football game the other night in Wiggins because our radio guy had to go to softball in Lamar. Uh-huh. And he texts me, you want to go call a game for him? I'm like, sure, go go to Wiggins. And first play of the game, Holyoke runs back, touchdown on kick, opening kickoff. Next play, Wiggins' first play on offense. They run for like a 32-yard rush. And all of a sudden, Holyoke gets a sideline warning. <laughs> goodness, goodness. And the crowd was livid. You should have filmed it. <laughs> I bet. I bet that would have been – I bet that would have been some good – good entertaining team Ugh. right there most definitely i'm just sitting in the booth like man come on i'm on break right now just trying to like figure out what i'm gonna say right no i feel you brother but getting back to what we're talking about wow we really went off track today yeah, didn't we? we really did we did we did but that's all right that's all right <laughs> that's why we need another show where we just talk about random just whatever's on our mind yeah i think we, we could probably probably work out something like that that's just what we do before we go on air anyways yeah pretty much just have a good old conversation about whatever it's just like the deck i'm sorry it's just like the conversations on the deck you know what (laughs) it's not a bad show name the deck the deck dude and we film it on the deck deck. that would be pretty epic i don't know what i don't know uh tape uh, family what do you think about that let us know what you think about that in the comments on the social feeds and all that what you think about me and dylan just having a a bs session for you know 30 minutes to an hour that one has to be in person though that's yeah. when the one i have to find time to come down yes that would that would definitely have to be an in-person time and we have to hit up cms but i'm not sure how that school is going right now because i don't know anybody there except josh i know still i know so uh pretty much everybody that i know josh is still there um 
Which is uh, the one who I give my praise to the most, other than Andy, is Josh. Josh, yeah, Josh and Miles. Yeah, Josh and Miles. Those are two good ones there too. Um, I don't think Miles is there anymore, though. No, he's not. He left while I was there my second go around. Yeah, yeah. Josh is. He is the man. Miles is the reason. I love Luis. Luis Luis is the boy. Yari left. I know Yari left just not too long ago. Yeah, she just went to. She moved to Oklahoma. Uh, She just got a. It was Nebraska. It was Nebraska. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Omaha. 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 <laughs> yeah, the reason how I call my games today is because of Miles. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, Miles is awesome. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Tay Forty Two family, man, just let us know. Yeah, do something like that. We'll we'll make it work. Yeah, so we'll get a 12, 24 rack to the Browns, so we can get away from all this side tracking. <laughs> That's the title of the episode: side tracking. Right there, you go. There's not much to talk about from Broncos today. Yeah, not nothing good. Um, Predictions. But, Speaking of why the Browns are beatable, so I will go first on the final predictions for today because I do believe the Browns are beatable, even with Baker Mayfield coming out and being 80% at most. Uh, the fact that they are so injured, they have a defense that's reeling, they have a pass rush, but pretty much the rest of their defense is suspect. So with that being said, if the Broncos can get out again, get out of their way, run the ball, the the best friend for a game manager or a young QB is the run game. And for again, three straight weeks, averaging more than five yards per carry, the Broncos have a, completely abandoned the run game by the second quarter. Mm-hmm. So if Pat Shermer can finally get out of his own way, run the rock, Use more two and three tight end sets to help out with the pass rush that, again, Cleveland has a very strong pass rush with Miles Garrett and company. The Broncos can actually eke this out. And whether it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, as long as they are not throwing it 50 times a game, I would say the max you want either one of those quarterbacks throwing the ball is about 22 to 25 times a game. So... As long as you can get a 50-50 split, they can learn from the Raiders, then get that 50-50 split between run and pass. The defense can get it together and handle that very thin receiving core of the Browns after the loss of Jarvis Landry. And uh, David Njoku's dealing with some issues, so he's a little bit banged up. I think the Broncos can squeak this out on a short week where it's going to be all basic game plans from both sides. I see the Broncos actually pulling this off just by barely at, with a 21 to 19 win. You know, I see I same thing. I see Broncos being able to pull this game out. And for me, it's the only thing holding you back right now is Pat Shermer. It's all depending on how Pat Shermer calls the game this week. Like you said, if we can get that 50-50 split, perfect. Or if it's even more of a run-heavy game. Yes. If it's more of a run-heavy game, especially against this beat-up defense. Yes. It's if you can get that run game going, Javante Williams is going to make that first guy miss and he's going to shoot it to the house. He's going to get you those seven, six, seven yards per carry. If you can let him run the ball as much as you can. Yes. I I feel like the Broncos squeaked this game out. And what'd you say? What'd you, what was your prediction? Your score? 21, 19. I'm going to go with the 20. I'm going to go with the 24, either 24, 21. I'm going to go with that. 24, 21. Yeah. I bet. Not bad. Yeah. It's, Essentially, yeah, I think it's going to be a very defensive heavy game. Very defensive heavy, a two to three point swing either way. And 
we both kind of really go right with Vegas too. Vegas has the Broncos as favorites. They are, I'm sorry, my bad. They are not the favorites. They are the underdogs. I apologize. At plus three and a half, even with all the injuries to Cleveland. And the over-under set at 42 and a half. So we both have them going over the spread. Wait, no, I have them under, you have them over. Mm -hmm. We're all pretty much in line. We're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. That's just how today's gone. It's kind of funny. Last week I went against Vegas and we lost. This week I'm going against Vegas. We'll see if we win. (laughs) We'll figure it out. That plus 150 is a pretty nice line to be seeing there for Denver Broncos. So if you're, you're a betting man, there you go. These again, I just want to be clear. These are not suggestions. These are not picks. I, I am not giving you any type of betting information. I'm just giving you some numbers and letting you know where Vegas stands as opposed to us. I just want to be that, make that clear. So nobody tries to sue me for not having up 18 plus or whatever. I'm not giving <laughs> suggestions. I'm just giving the comparison between us and Vegas. So this is not financial advice. No, this is not gambling <laughs> advice. This is not betting advice. This is just us giving the comparison. So with that being said, as I promised at the beginning of this show, there was a really big announcement that I am extremely excited for. And I know Dylan is too, that Breaking Broncos is going to be doing its first collab with another YouTuber tomorrow, people. That is right. We are doing that. I am going to be recording an episode of uh, Unger to the Max. So if y'all are on Twitter, you know, YouTube, whatever, go check out our guy, Unger to the Max. We're going to be doing a preview show. I'm going to give the take from a Broncos perspective while he gives a take from the Browns perspective. He does this every year. He gets with the YouTuber, blogger, etc. from uh, the opposing team, and they do a preview show together. And, well, I am his selection for the Denver Broncos this year. So I will be recording again an episode with him tomorrow that will premiere either Wednesday or Thursday. I haven't got the exact date of when he's because it's going to be on his channel. So just to make that clear with all of you, what I am doing is something that is his. It'll be on his channel, but he will be promoting our channel on his channel going forward. So that should help out with things. And I am very appreciative to Mr. Unger giving us this opportunity to go ahead and help grow our fan base while me and him have a nice and fun conversation. And there's a little nugget that neither of us knew when we made the the decision to do this together is that he is actually going to Ohio media school. So he's oh. going to a school that we are an alum for. So it's actually helping out an alumni as well. So I was very excited about this when it happened. It all happened on Twitter. Dylan didn't even know about it until nope. before the show. And the funny thing is, is uh, we have no communication with those guys. Yeah, none. Besides film competition. No, exactly. Outside of film competition, it was it was a complete happenstance. When That's when awesome. and him got together, he just ended up talking about when we were trying to figure out our schedule. He was like, "Well, I have this schedule. It's you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday between uh, this time and this time." And I was like, "That sounds a lot like." my schedule at cms so I was like, what school do you go to and he's like ohio media school i'm like how about that small world isn't it man in cleveland man in denver meet up your alumni of the same school and have no idea until after you've made a business you know, that small world connections has just been very relevant the past few years 
it really how we met with small world that's how we met you know we met at colorado media school you were a month behind me and like i said i met this guy on twitter and he just happened to be going to the ohio media school so i thought that was just a really cool little thing it's very Um, cool yeah and so i'm looking forward to it i hope all of you here at the tape 42 family are as excited as i am not only for you know getting fun you know having fun with an an opponent's uh fan base and all that but to help us get a little extra exposure and and all those things so y'all make sure you check out our man unger to the max he's at unger u-n-g-a-r to the max m-a-x on twitter check him out there check him out on youtube and Make sure you, if you enjoy what he does, you're a Browns fan, whatever, give him a like, a subscribe, all those good things. Make sure you're doing the same for us. Follow, you can follow me and the answer is 42 at underscore the answer is 42 on Twitter. And you can follow Dylan. Go ahead and plug your Twitter. So Dylan underscore miles one four seven and everybody's going to misspell the name. So it's D Y L A N. Yeah, but my wife had to ask me how to spell that before she put up her little thing on Facebook. And that <laughs> last one, it was pretty cute. But I was like, yes, remember, D-Y-L-A-N. I mean, I went to – last time I was – I remember where I was eating at, but they asked for my name, and I said Dylan, and I got it back, D-I-L-A-N. Wow. The weirdest but, spelling but I've ever I, seen. I'm not a pickle, dude. Yeah. <laughs> d-i-l-a-n i've only seen d-i-l-l-o-n in the way i spell it that's the only outside of you the way you have your spelled that's the only way i have ever seen it seen it spelled is d-i-l-l-o-n and then so yeah i don't know where that one came from but i guess somebody just had a you know had a special moment while they were writing on your cup oh i know where i know where it was too it was uh starbucks starbucks of course of course of course so it makes sense i've had my name spelled maybe once right at that place i don't i don't do coffee so i don't have to worry about them screwing yeah, up. i don't even do coffee there either i don't even do coffee there either i go there for the, drink, the other drinks even though if you screw up dan i think you're an idiot it's just but, d-o-n like what do you mean you just spell my name d-o-n <laughs> hey, that's how they do it i know right <laughs> okay i got you i was like wait a minute I, yeah no i know how to start your name <laughs> i'm not that guy yeah d-o-n like don't be that guy <laughs> it's in my twitter handle dang it yeah d-a-a-n Right, yeah, D A A N, like A A Ron. I'm A A Ron, Malake. Malake. No, no. The worst is I had a substitute teacher call me Dylan one time, and it kind of pissed me off. Yes, I'm dialed in. I am completely enamored with everything you say. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, is Dylan here?" I'm like, "Okay." How do you how do you screw that up, bro? I get that you might like Key and Pill, but let's not get yeah. stupid up in here. <laughs> you know, the worst part is I know her. She knows me. Oh, that's that's. Absolutely. I was like, what the hell? That sounds purposeful. To see, me. And if you want to see stuff like this, let us know. Right. Yes. Okay, so, but okay, but my question is: Are we going to keep it family friendly, or is it going to be one of those where we can say what we want? I think because I got to be careful as what we're going to say what we want. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. Yo, hey. Sorry, Patreon, dude. It's got to be one that people got to pay for. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that could be. Yeah, I think that'd be a good paywall. Buy a ticket for it. Yeah, uh, start a Patreon. Have that behind the pay. I think I like it. Yeah, Tay Forty Two Family, exactly. Have Let our behind the behind the scenes of yeah, this before we go on. Scenes, just just us being raw and real and and giving it to you as dirty and grimy as y'all want it. So let us the know. Deck. 
the the deck. Remember that the deck. Let us know if y'all want it. We got it, and we'll give it to you. But I think we've uh we've definitely went over our time limit today. Oh, yeah, it's I gotta go to the pharmacy. It's definitely been a absolute blast yet again with my boy Dylan. I am Dan Wetstein. That's my co-host Dylan Miles. We are Breaking Broncos podcast with the Answers Forty Two Network. Make sure you do not ever forget. Don't question the blue.